1: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well Mara, hot on the heels of the Hope reveal on B&B comes a big reveal on Days, So Kristen will finally be unmasked, which should definitely come as a relief to the fans who are emailing me that they are ready for it to happen. I mean, this story is really so Days of Our Lives. I mean, let's not forget that Andre DiMera wore a Roman mask back in 1984 when he went on that killing spree. And, you know, unlike other switcheroo stories they've done, um, in this one, you know, Brady has been very clear to say that he feels like something is different with Nicole, which I totally appreciate. I mean, like, yes, he should absolutely be able to tell the difference between Nicole and Kristen, seeing as how he has been with both of them. But I feel the writers are sparing him from being a complete dope by having him have flashes of Kristen when he's with Nicole.
0: Not to mention, when I interviewed Eric Martzoff, who plays Brady, a few weeks ago, he was very careful to point out to me that this is the finest mask that money can (laughs) buy, a a Louis Vuitton mask, as he put it. Um, But he is like far from the first soap guy or gal, for that matter, to fall for an imposter act. I mean, he could be, like, in a support group with the victims of Hattie and Bonnie and the other survivors <laughs> of Kristen. The list goes on and on and on in Salem alone. Um, but tonally, yes, it absolutely does fit into the very specific reality of Salem, USA. And being unmasked is like Kristen's hobby at this point. <laughs> um, I'm excited for the reveal to happen because I'm so interested in what uh, comes next,
1: namely, where is the real Nicole? Oh, well, funny you should mention that because we also spoke to Ariane Zucker in the new issue, and, you know, she weighs in on whether or not she even wants them to find the real Nicole. You know, she says she's had a great time playing Kristen, and she and Stacey Heideck have really done such a masterful job with the transitions, you know, between each character. Mm-hmm. And it's just been something different for her. Um You know, there's also a switch of a different kind happening on General Hospital with Franco and Drew, and you actually had a pretty lengthy chat with Roger Howarth about it, also in the new issue.
0: Yes, um, we basically had to go find, like, a secret room to go sit down and talk uh, in the throes (laughs) of Fan Club Weekend because at the time, Franco's memories getting wiped out and replaced with Drew's was still a top-secret twist. Uh, Now, the story is very new on screen, but it's already got fans talking. There's a camp that feels Drew should have been the one to get his own memories, and there are Mm. Frizz fans who are up in arms over uh, the fact that uh, Frank has no memory of Liz and what that could mean for their favorite couple. Um, I feel like this is going to be a bumpy ride, and I am here for it because it is soapy with a capital S, and I think that it has the potential to just be so good and messy. Um, So Roger spoke to me about essentially – Starting from scratch when it comes to his characterization, because this iteration of Franco talks differently, walks differently, relates to the people around him uh, differently. And the shortcuts that he's developed over the past few years playing Franco no longer apply. And I also spoke to Becky Herbst, who plays Liz, and she's also super psyched about the story. I, you know, I think that both of them feel like this will give them a lot of juicy stuff to play and like it already has and we're only a week in.
1: You know, it must be like so freeing for an actor to get to play a dual role or an alternate personality or, you know, just do something different than what they do every day. You know, I wonder if we give them enough credit for being able to play the same character day after day, month after month, year after year, I mean, decade after decade in so many cases. And, you know, keep them interesting. You know, yes, theater actors do it every night, but rarely for the extended stretches that soap actors do. You know, in a way, it's really a gift to the actor when they get a storyline like this. I mean, I remember interviewing Judy Evans and Deidre Hall when they were playing Hattie and Bonnie, and they said they just loved being able to be someone other than Adrienne and Marlena, especially to be playing such fun characters like they were. Right.
0: I have never talked to an actor who didn't enjoy that opportunity, from like Susan Lucci getting to play Erica lookalike Jane on All My Children after like 40 years as Erica, uh, to John Lindstrom getting to revive the part of Ryan, who's the diametric opposite of Kevin on GH. Uh, Roger said that it's been a really fun challenge for him to try to figure out how Franco as Drew would react to someone like Scotty Baldwin, Franco's father, who is so unlike the men he would be likely to encounter in his life as a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. And he pointed out that the brain likes new things. So he's uh, getting chemicals that he hasn't gotten in a while, like six years deep into playing Franco. Um, But your point even makes me think of someone like Michelle Stafford, who we interviewed in our last podcast, who left YNR in 2013 because she felt like creatively the well had run dry for her where Phyllis was concerned. But after several years of work... In a very different role, that of G.H.'s Nina, she was recharged in a way that she probably couldn't have been, mm-hmm. uh, and she came back to Phyllis with a different energy. Steve Burton spoke to me of the same thing when he took a break from playing G.H.'s Jason to play uh, Dylan on y which, again, was a break from doing what he had become so accustomed to doing over his years uh, on General Hospital.
1: And, you know, dual roles in particular are definite Emmy bait. I mean, see Another World's Vicky Marley, which yielded trophies for both Ellen Wheeler, who... I think was just amazing in both of those roles. And your fave, Anne H., not to mention all my children's David Canary as Adam Stewart and Martha Byrne as Lillian Rose on As the World Turns. I mean, when it is done well, it is such an impressive feat. And again, a nice break for both the actor and the audience. You know, we've definitely seen some that haven't worked as well. I think the key to doing it is not making them stereotypically different. Um, I think there's a subtlety required to pull it off effectively. You know, but for all my complaints about how I don't like recasts, (laughs) I am actually on board for dual roles.
0: You know, amnesia storylines and this uh, Franco-Drew situation is sort of an extreme take on that are another way to switch things up because it invites the actor to create a new personality. And, you know, who doesn't love a good montage of memories rushing back Stop to it. the person when they inevitably, you know, do get to remember who they are? Fearful. um I just recently interviewed Christina Wagner uh, from General Hospital who said that Felicia's amnesia storyline was one of her favorite things that she ever got to do because as, as Phoebe... Um, who Felicia thought herself to be. She uh, got to see poor Charles through an entirely different set of eyes and have completely different relationships with the people in her life, like Tony and Bobby. I could absolutely see um, how that would be, like, really fun
1: for an actor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Well, our guest today is no stranger to playing an amnesia storyline or taking a break from daytime. Mm -hmm. It's All My Children fave Eva LaRue, who joined the cast of Young and Restless recently as Celeste. So let's get her on the phone to talk about life in and out of Genoa City. Hi Eva. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to go down memory lane with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's start with the present and your current role as YNR's Celeste. So, how did the job come about?
2: Um, quite out of the blue. Like literally a phone call to my agent's, "Hey, would Eva be um would Eva be up for popping in and um, you know, doing a seven show arc playing Lola's mom? And and I said, uh yeah, that would be really that's kind of perfect. That would be really fun. I'll pop in and do that. And it was it I was getting ready to go to I had planned a um trip to Europe uh, Europe for three weeks in the summer. And so the last of the seven episodes looked like it was going to be right around that time. And they said, um, you know, don't worry, we'll work around that trip. And then it ended up being, I don't remember, it wasn't seven episodes, that's for sure. They extended me, but it ended up being like 14 episodes or something. So it was really fun. So many people there from all my children and so many people there at Young and the Restless that I've been friends with for like 30 years, but never had a chance to work with because they were always you know, when I was in New York, there were, they were our crosstown rivals. (laughs) So, um, but so it was really, really fun, really a fun experience.
0: Were you nervous at all about doing the daytime schedule again and, you know, being in that environment? Well, for sure,
2: because I swear there is nothing more anxiety producing than the amount of dialogue and memorization that goes into doing daytime. It's just, there's nothing like it. It is, I mean, the, and especially, luckily Young and the Restless works like we used to work at All My Children when I first started at All My Children. When I ended at All My Children, they were just starting to introduce that insane two shows in a day, three shows in a day, you know, um schedule where sometimes you would have like 75 pages of dialogue a day to memorize, which is a mind numbing amount of memorization. And when I left all my children, I will never forget about two months later because you don't realize how you don't, you don't realize what, how much stress you're working under because it's just your daily job. Right. And so you kind of get used to like this high bar of anxiety and stress of, of, um, always feeling like, Oh my God, I don't know this. Oh my God. I feel, I don't know this. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, it's just because part of your daily routine about two months after I left all my children, I woke up one morning and was like, wow, I feel so relaxed. It's really weird. Like, And that's what it occurred to me. Holy crap. I was living under this like intense amount of stress. And then at one point when somebody asked me if I wanted to go back, I, literally, I think I feel like I had memorization PTSD. I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. But um, Young and the Restless is fantastic because they're like one of the last holdout shows that only does one show a day like that, you know what I mean? And it was awesome.
1: So when news of your casting was announced, I mean, I'm sure you're quite aware that fans could not believe that you could be playing a mother to Jordi Villasuso. <laughs> um, so yeah. how did that make you feel to see that reaction? Actually, it was nice. I was like, OK,
2: I, you know, it's funny because um, uh, I was re- I was reading a little bit of it on Twitter and um, and I thought, Well, you know, like also life is a little bit crazier than, than fiction. And, uh, in real life, my dad's mom, my grandmother had my dad in Puerto Rico at 14. So for whatever reason, all that went down, it did and it's, and it does. And, um, so it's not that crazy. I don't think that was part of my Mm storyline, but (laughs) it wasn't, but, um, but it does happen. And so, um, and also the Latinas that I know, there's so many Latinas that I know that, uh, that you would never, you would think that their daughter is their sister or that their son is their brother
1: because the Latina mamas look really young. (laughs) So well, it also helps that you have stop time. I mean that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good point. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Thank you. But it's but it's true. I, I definitely when I saw um because I didn't know the family. I hadn't watched the show um in the last year or the last year and a half or so. So I didn't know the family. So when I turned on the show to try to catch up, I was like, Oh, yeah. I probably, <laughs> like a, a bit, little, of, a bit of a stretch, but I'm glad they had me anyway.
0: So thanks. Okay. Well, so um, I know you've known Peter Bergman for many years. He's one of those people that you go back 30 years with, which is amazing. So what was it like to yeah. actually be working opposite him? Oh, heaven. Like really just, oh my God,
2: he's the easiest, most amazing person to work with. I mean, he, obviously he's such a consummate um professional and and, um actor and um our scenes I just felt like were really natural and fun and warm and charming and it, it was it was really it was fantastic to work with him. It really was fantastic. It was everybody over there that I got a chance to work with. I finally got to work with Michelle Stafford. We actually had such a good time working together that they made us go back to the scene again because it was sounding so we were so excited to work together and so chatty that we were like ah, blah, 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 blah. like our scene was literally like I ah, like laughing all the way through it and it was so natural that they're like um we kind of want you to go back and act like you're not girlfriends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be fun though and certainly I am one of the people who would love to see Jack and Celeste together. I think you guys just had such great, you know, chemistry and there was yeah. clearly something there it would be really cool to explore that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. So, and I didn't get to work with any of, um, I didn't get to work with any of my AMC peeps, not like, um, like Missy or uh, Lizzie, but, um, but I, you know, saw, and um, also Joshua Morrow is a good friend. And uh, I, we did a movie of the week together a couple of years ago and uh, for a lifetime, but uh, so that's the only time we've had a chance to work together. We didn't get to work together at YNR either, but it's just nice to, it's so fun to walk into a makeup room and know so many people and really feel welcomed by everybody. And Eileen Davidson, I've known for ages and um, Kate Linder, I've known for ages. And it was just, it
1: was really, I really loved it. I loved it. It's awesome. That really is. That must be so cool. Like you don't really have those first age hitters of like, who's going to talk to me? Like, right. it's like it's who like isn't going to talk bucket. to me? You know? <laughs>
2: yeah and then Sasha, she might be the sweetest, most lovable kid on the planet, and um I like i honestly like by the time I left, it felt like this honest to god like protective mother feeling for her when <laughs> she's just she's really great and um and uh Jordy is such a like what a great guy, just such a nice guy,
1: yeah, definitely,
2: yeah, there's just some really nice scenes coming up that were that were really heartfelt. And yeah, I I just really loved working with everybody there. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So let's go back to the beginning of your acting career. Um, I was looking at your credits on IMDb, and The Love Boat is listed as your first. So
0: I'm a big love, fan
1: Tell me all about that.
2: Oh, I was just—I was an extra, basically. I think, as a matter, I don't think I even had an under-five on that. You were bikini girl, I believe. Is what that was it? Okay, okay, then as now. Oh, let me correct myself. I was a featured extra. (laughs) And if you know anything about like trying to break into the business, like as an extra, you're only making you know whatever it was a day at that point um but if you're a featured extra then you're making like a hundred dollars you know for uh-huh. you know you get the bump instead of like fifty dollars <laughs> uh, for i can't remember a day or an hour or whatever it is then it's like a hundred dollars so now you're you're in really the money yeah in.
0: yeah in the money <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you remember about? Like, were you on the boat itself? Give us, give us the scoop. Do you know what's weird? I don't.
2: Well, we were no. Because I mean, yes, but no, we were on the set, which was the boat, not on the on a boat in the water. It was like on a soundstage on a faux boat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it wasn't as it wasn't as exciting as as you know. Wasn't exciting and new to actually go to a boat. (laughs) <laughs> but my favorite, favorite credit of all time is, um, rock video slut. Number three. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> that is my that?
2: favorite credit. I still keep it on my resume. And I literally <laughs> had a, it was an under five, um, playing rock
0: video slut. Number 3 on married <laughs> with children. And that was like my second or third credit. That's amazing. So. Do you remember who beat you out for number one and number two? Um, I don't know who they were or if they went on to any, any you know, fame sure. or modicum
2: of fame. But um, but I do sort of remember who they were. They were equally dressed scantily and, and with their hair in an 80s tease. So
0: <laughs> so your first it was fun. your first daytime show, as we know, was Santa Barbara. Um, yeah. And you uh, played Margot briefly in 1988. So tell us about that role and, and that experience breaking into daytime. Um, Well, yeah, breaking into it. That was really exciting because it was my first big break job. And I
2: was there for about six months. And I was there when um, Robin Wright was there. Oh, that's early Wright, Yeah. yeah. So Robin Wright had just finished shooting uh, Princess Bride. And she had worked out a deal with them that if she did if they let her out of her contract to do Princess Bride, that she would um, do another, she would have to give them another year on her contract. So she had just done Princess Bride and then she had just come back and now she was back and she was having to give them another year before she could get out of her contract. And nobody had seen the movie clearly because she had just shot, nobody had any idea um, what it was going to be or what it was about. And, um, but I just remember thinking she was so, she was just so beautiful and so, and such a badass. And she was, um, um, and then who else was there? A Martinez was there when I was there and, um, Robin, uh, Matson. Robin Matson, Yep. Robin Matson, And, um, John O'Hurley wasn't there when I was, he was there when I wasn't there. And John Callahan was there when I wasn't there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so many people went through, like, cruised through, through that soap.
1: I loved so, that show. Yeah, it
2: was a great show. It was such a great show.
0: Who did you work with? I, I, I know very little about Margot, I have to be honest.
2: Um, I worked with, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank, I'm drawing a blank, but I totally see his face. He was from the main family.
0: Did you um, work with Todd McKee? Todd, that's it.
1: Yeah, and isn't Todd on another show now? He recurs on <laughs> Bold and Beautiful. He plays a photographer, so he comes in and out sometimes. That's it. Okay, I knew I'd seen him over at some at another
2: show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was uh, Ted, Todd Ted Capwell. Lovers. Ted Capwell. That's the Capwell family. Mm-hmm. That was the big family. And then there was another bit. There was like two big families, but I can't remember the name of the other family.
0: Either. The Lockridges. Um,
2: Rockridges.
0: The Lockridges with an L. Oh, the Lockridges. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just great soap names, yeah. really.
2: That was such, that was a great show. It was so crazy, too, because behind the scenes, remember, like the behind the scenes of that show was that the owners had gotten in a, in a big tussle mm-hmm. with the network yeah. and there was a lawsuit and it was always under the threat of being canceled because of this big, you know, power struggle. And I think finally the owners of the show won.
0: That's correct. Right? Yes. And then it got
2: canceled. Yep. The Dobsons. <laughs> yep. yep. It was like this crazy thing. I mean, the lawsuit went on for like six or seven years. So the show was kind of allowed to stay on that long. And then once the lawsuit was settled, then the show was canceled.
1: It was weird. It's the soap behind the soap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Behind the soap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm sure you never experienced behind the scenes drama on any other show that you ever worked on. I don't know of what you speak. (laughs) Well, um... Dude, if somebody
2: (laughs) will finally have the courage to write that book, and you know what, it might be (laughs) Kelly Ripa and I, because over a few uh, margaritas, we have discussed many times about waiting till all of the guilty are dead and then writing... A book or doing a series on the reality of soap operas, and nothing is more dramatic than the behind the scenes of a soap opera.
1: Well, from nothing. what Mara and I have heard maybe from both of you over the years, <laughs> right. there's some yeah. juicy yeah. stuff there. We will pre so order the book. It's more dramatic
2: what's happening behind the scenes <laughs> and in
1: those dressing rooms than you could possibly imagine or write. Mara and I joke that the best stories are the ones that we cannot print. Oh, no, you can't. Yeah,
2: yeah. If, if you printed them, I don't think anybody would talk to you
0: guys again. No, we'd, we'd be done.
2: But see, we could all get together and write the book when it's when
0: it's done. Yeah, you guys do a chapter, then we'll do a chapter. <laughs> oh,
2: wouldn't that be super fun?
1: Because we have the It'd whole other so side. Good. Right, right, right. Yeah, it so should funny. be its
2: own series. It really should be its own series.
1: Oh, there's, a dramedy.
2: There is a lot to so, tell. The
1: soap opera, the
2: dramedy. Mm.
1: Well, tell us your All My Children casting story. Oh, my gosh. So, my, all my children casting, try. So, originally, I
2: auditioned for the role of, um, oh, my God, I'm so bad with the, today, Memori- memorization-wise. Um, Memory-wise. Um, oh, my God. What was the name of the character? And, again, I can see the actress clearly in my head. Um, she was on the show when I was there. Long, blonde, super, super Gloria? curly hair. Teresa Gloria. Blake. Yes, that was it. Thank you. Awesome. That was it. I auditioned for the role of Gloria and didn't get it. Then, um, I, I guess it was probably a year later, I auditioned for the role of Kendall and clearly didn't get it. <laughs> um, and then within the month, they uh, called me and they said, hey, we really loved your audition for Kendall, even though you're clearly not right for it. Um, but we have this role of Maria Santos, that was supposed to be a recurring role, but now we want to make it a contract role. And, uh, do you want to part? So I, I like jumped at it at that point. I had not, um, I hadn't really thought seriously about moving to New York cause I was a California girl, but, uh, but yeah, so I, and the, the job started the next week. They are like, can you be here next week? And I'm like, you mean moved there next week? And pretty much, yes, that is what they meant. Yes, moved here next week. <laughs> so, um, and I was married to John O'Hurley at the time, and he was like, yes, go, I'll, I'll, you know, close up shop here in LA, and, and, you know, and meet you out there. So, what
0: so we did. Mm-hmm. So, that was such a, a heady kind of like glory day time in the show's history. You had Haley and Mateo and Noah and Julia and certainly Edmund and Maria uh, were one of the most popular couples on daytime at the time. Uh, how would you describe like your experience of that period in the show's history? Yeah, it um,
2: it was really exciting. And it was also the beginning of Super Soap Weekends. Mm-hmm. So it was this... Um, we got a chance to really be around the fans and really take the pulse of what they loved and didn't love and wanted to see and didn't want to see. And that was super exciting. Um, it was kind of like this really cool rock star period, um, uh, of, of daytime. Cause certainly the same thing was happening over at general hospital and young and the restless. And, um, you know, the, the super couples were really super couples. um, so it was a, it, an exciting time to be on daytime. I mean, not to take away from the Jenny and um, you know, like Jim, Craig and Jenny heyday. It like, yeah, because that was another big heyday. Um, it's funny how it how it rolls in in cycles, and then it's kind of quiet for a bit, and then it and then there's like the rock star period again, and then it's quiet for a bit, and then the. But yeah, it was a really exciting time to be in daytime. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You also forged really close friendships, as you mentioned, with Kelly and with Sarah Michelle Gellar. So tell us what, like, a hangout was like for all of you back in the day. And I know you're still in touch today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. There was
2: this, um, there was a country western bar. uh, No, not just a bar. It was a restaurant, bar, and massive dance hall called Denim Denim and Diamonds in New York City. And it was all the rage at the time, which was in the early nineties to mid nineties. And that was literally our hangout, like all of us. And I don't even remember how we ended up. Sarah, Sarah must've had a fake ID because she was a kid. <laughs> she was 16, and, but she was always with us. She always went everywhere with us. And, um, she had all these mommies and daddies basically taking care of her. But, um, but yeah, we would all, it was, it was Teresa Blake. Um, me, Kelly, Mark, John, uh, Windsor Harmon, um, uh, Sydney Penny, um, who else would, would always go with us. Um, and then whoever, you know, whoever felt like jumping in, but that was the core crew. Mm-hmm. And we kind of went everywhere together. We would always go to Denim and Diamonds like every weekend. And then, uh-huh. um, later once, uh, a lot of those people had left towards when, I, when I died and then came back, mm-hmm. then yeah. everybody was going to prohibition with oh, Richmond issues. Um, husband, now husband, because mm-hmm. he owned it there owned uh, prohibition. So that was our hangout and that was super fun. So there was always, you know, we always had our, our group hang
1: spots. Were you recognized all the time? I would imagine.
2: Um, you know, I don't remember I get I mean, we must have been cuz we were in a big group of, you know, soap stars. Right? <laughs> right. So, but I don't but you know, it's funny I don't really I don't I don't really remember. We must I, people I I think probably guess. just pointed in yeah.
1: and whispered. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, sometimes people will come up. Uh, The drunker people, this is what I experience. The drunker people get, the more ballsy they get. And then they start coming up towards the end of the night. That's when you know everybody's got to go. Like we've all got to go by the end of the night because
0: it's time. (laughs) Because
2: now you've got like a bunch of drunk people (laughs) going,
0: oh, I got to take a picture.
2: With a camera back then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, with a camera because nobody had cell phones back then.
0: And there wasn't even anywhere to post it. You are probably in, in albums, in boxes yeah, all across exactly. America. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky and you got a
2: good photo because you wouldn't have even known you'd gotten a good photo. Right. You got right. home, took it to the local Rite Aid and had them print it out.
0: <laughs> oh, old school. Look at oh, that. the 90s. Right. <laughs> yep, totally.
2: Exactly. Oh, the 90s.
0: <laughs> totally. So when you, like, what are your standout? AMC memories, like what are most vivid to you uh, as you look back now? Those days were awesome. They
2: really were like, you know, none of us, um, none of us uh, younger, you know, none of us in our, in our early 20s, me, Kelly, uh, Teresa, um, uh, Katie, McLean, none, you know, none of us had gone to college. So this was our sorority this was where we were growing up, you know, this is where we were learning to be actors and we were cutting our teeth in the industry and we were, you know, this is, this was our um, college experience. So it was amazing. It was really amazing. And the camaraderie was fantastic. Like we, um, you know, we traveled together, we, um, ran around and partied together, and we just had each other over, each you know, over for big group dinners every weekend. It was awesome. It really was awesome. They were they were my second family for sure. And I had moved away from California, so all my my family was in California. So they really were um, my family.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you remember about going on location for the Edmund Maria wedding, which was quite spectacular? Oh, that was incredible.
2: Um, we, it was, you know, I don't remember what month it was, but it was in the, in the winter for sure, because it was I believe that and wedding
0: been, aired on my birthday. So yes, it was winter. Oh, when's was your birthday? March 11th. Oh my gosh. So we were having a late snow then. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Because we would gotten like, it had snowed sideways the day before and we were all like, oh my gosh, it's how are we going to shoot in the snow? Because they had this whole horse, horse-drawn carriage um, shot that they, were, you know, and I was thinking, I'm going to freeze to death. How are we going to do this? Because I had this strapless dress with this beautiful coat, but they wanted me to be just in the strapless dress in the, out there. Well, sure enough, we take this ride out to Long Island, this gorgeous cathedral that we were shooting in, which was in Garden City because um, Susan Lucci lives, you know, lives in garden city and she welcomed us to the set by sending this huge cake. And, um, you know, that said, you know, welcome to my hometown, which was so sweet. Yeah, it was amazing. And then, um, and the day it was 70 degrees that day. (laughs) So the day before it had snowed sideways yeah. And then we all woke up to this gor- glorious sunny seventy degree day, with the snow still piled high. But it be- it was like a winter wonderland. It was gorgeous. So I wasn't cold. It was. It ended up being really fun. It was like a field trip. We all jumped on a bus that morning, drove out to, um, you know, to Garden City, and we're in this beautiful shooting in this beautiful cathedral. All day. It was really cool. That's I get to do that. that that one. And the other shoot that was really fun is when the Atlantis hotel first opened up 150 years ago. But, um, (laughs) but when it, it, we were there when it first opened, it had only been open for six months and ABC had worked out some deal with them for us to shoot, um, uh, a bunch of episodes there. And it was with, um, um, Aiden Turner. It, yep. It was, it, it was me. Rebecca okay, John Mader. John came, but he wasn't John, actually in it.
0: So it was me, Aiden Turner. Uh, was it Sid? No. Sidney there? No, Sydney wasn't there. And by the way, I know this because I was there. I was on that trip. <gasps> That's right. And Kaya was nine Kaya old. Kaya was literally Should've the cutest been. thing. Yes. I remember. I feel like she was just starting solids and there was a whole, she would like the chicken. It's very vivid for me. Oh um, my God! Like the, yeah, side, the, the chicken baby food. I should I should clarify. you weren't giving her like <laughs> turkey legs, um, right? Right. Yeah. I was like, Here you go, kid. Yeah, I'm but sure John was John out. John was there just to like you know help be a, a dad and uh, yeah. and uh, it was just, and have the
2: awesome vacation in the brand exactly, new place that yes. was like this like super cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was great.
0: Yeah, that was the only time that I'd I've ever been to the Bahamas before or since. Was tagging oh, really? along with all my children. Mm hmm. Oh, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I check, didn't... check. It's funny, but I, yeah, that, that was gorgeous.
2: Oh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was really, really fun. We had.
0: You know who the baddie had, was? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name, but he, the, he went on to play Cyrus on Guiding Light. And he still Murray works. Bartlett? Murray Bartlett. That's who it was. Who was that? Murray Bartlett. He was like the bad guy after Maureen.
2: Oh, and guess who else went on to do really well? Rebecca Mater, who yes. was our bad
0: girl, right? And she went on to do Lost and and so on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, she works all the time, mm-hmm. like nonstop. And then she was like
2: the wicked, the wicked queen on, um, right, on
0: uh, the ABC show. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, once upon a time uh, once upon a time yeah Yeah. I know I was gonna say that and I was questioning it in my head too well before Mm -hmm. we we got you on the phone we were talking about how like consistently we hear from actors about how fun it is to like take on the challenge of a dual role or getting to play a different character during an amnesia story but I don't remember you being such a huge fan of Maureen S. Gorman if memory serves. No. Oh, I hated Maureen.
2: <laughs> First of all, I hated the name. Like, I mean,
0: I, I I mean, and I apologize
2: to anybody named Maureen because I have friends named Maureen. So, and, and everybody is lovely, but I didn't feel like it fit the character at all. So I hated the name because I was like, wait a minute, my character is Maria Santos. Even if I lost my memory, how did I end up with such a white name? Like, do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I clearly can, can look down and see the color of my skin that perhaps <laughs> I am, you know, like of some exotic descent. And I chose Maureen as
0: my new name. Like, that just didn't make sense. Eva, it's not and, like they said Maureen Eskorman 18,000 times in episode, So I really don't know what you're complaining about.
2: Oh, I mean. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to, like, shove it down everybody's throat.
0: <laughs> it was so weird. And then
2: to not remember my husband and kid. I don't know. I mean, it was great because it gave me a chance to work with other people and that I, I, I really appreciated. That was, it was fun to work with Windsor. It was awesome work to work with tourist and K it was awesome to, you know, have a whole different, um, storyline. Cause otherwise I would have come right back in and, and just worked with John. And at the time, um, we were separated. So it was really tough. um, and we were still working together, nobody really knew we were separated yet at that point. and <clears throat> so I was grateful for um, for that, for you know getting a chance to work with other people, having a storyline with other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I just it was just so weird to play. I knew the audience hated it and hated that she didn't you know remember her kids, and I don't know it was just kind of weird whole thing.
0: Out, we have a copy editor here who loved that storyline, so please know it it was appreciated by some.
2: Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> and it was fun. Like, And I did appreciate getting to work with, with um, everybody else, too, getting a chance to, you know, mix it up and work with different people. That mm-hmm. was awesome.
1: Um, well, you also came back to film the end of All My Children. Uh, what was that experience like yes. for you? Yes.
2: Um, it was just so sad and bittersweet and um and when I came back it was kinda campy, you know, they had made it pretty campy and but I just I loved it and it was it was so I mean I was just there for a quick couple of scenes and um Sarah had come back for a quick couple of scenes. I can't remember if Cal did or not, did she?
0: I don't think she did. She came back for the fortieth uh anniversary, like a year or two prior. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we we didn't yeah. get to see our faves, you know, toward the end there.
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. And I just felt like the end, the very last show was super weak. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I guess I would have, I mean, I love that they went down memory, memory lane and they showed all of these different, you know, flashbacks of all these different things. But I... I don't know. Was anybody really happy with the final
0: one? See, here's the thing about Eva LaRue. Eva LaRue loves herself some All My Children. She is a true fan, and she has the fan reaction to stuff like that. Yeah, I
2: did not like it. I just, yeah, I grew up watching All My Children. So to not see more of, I I just, I I felt like I wanted to see more of um, some of the people I grew up with. Having been a lifelong fan, yeah, it was great. I mean— we already knew who was on the show right now. We saw them for mm-hmm. the last two years. You know what I mean? Right. And yes, sure, touch on some flashbacks of the of their characters too. But let's like not let's not hover. We need to go hover elsewhere, <laughs> where people <laughs> originally started watching and where you know and people wanted to see. Um, the Jenny and Greg stuff and people want to see the Cliff and Nina stuff and people, and they touched a little bit, but not enough, in my opinion. And they didn't touch enough on some of Erica's older, you know, I don't know. They just didn't wade around in the past enough. They were, they really, um, I, I felt like it was more heavily weighted on the, on the people that were there on the show at the time, which, is great, but I don't feel like there was, they, they weren't paying tribute to the, to the lifelong
0: watchers.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't disagree. The, lifelong
0: fans, yeah. the lifers. You're getting some nods, <laughs> some nods from us. us. lifers.
1: Yeah. Well, after daytime, you forged a very successful primetime career. You were on my favorite show, Third Watch. Um, and then you did Soul Food before landing Well, on I met Eddie, Eddie oh, Cibrian. Oh, right, right.
2: Because then I worked with Eddie again. he came over to replace, um, Adam Rodriguez for a little while Mm -hmm. when Adam left the show for a bit and Eddie Cibrian came on and kind of took his spot and then they switched out again towards the end. But yeah, it's funny that I met him and he hadn't married Brandy Glanville yet. Mm -hmm. They were engaged,
1: but while I was doing third watch, they got married. Oh, how funny. Yeah. I'm a big John Wells fan. Um, And then you wound up on CSI Miami. So what was it like for you to make that transition from daytime to primetime and then be on such a hit show? Oh,
2: it, that was, it was awesome. I mean, first of all, I moved, I was moving back. I just left, um, just left the show, uh, just left all my children, didn't have a job, um, was moving back to California and was really kind of freaked out at that point. I was a single mom and trying to figure out, Oh my God, now what? And, um, and within like two months I lucked out into, CSI Miami as a matter of fact I hadn't moved yet I was out in the Hamptons with Kelly and Mark and I was visiting them at their house I had Kaya with me she was three and we were at the beach
0: did I tell you this story Ma this I don't feel like this is old news to me this is like how I got CSI Miami no 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 no. I don't think I don't think so but I have oh, to tell yeah, so- you, I just mouthed to stuff. I love Kaya. <laughs> I just you what? Li- I go, I love Kaya. Oh, just thank love you. Her. Okay. So, right. So, She's hit us with kid. it. You're She's at the beach. Set the stage.
2: So, we're at the beach, and we're at this part of the beach where um, it's not the ocean. It's like, I mean, we're at the ocean, but there's like this weird pond that's just off of the ocean. It's like... Kind of touching the ocean, but it's you know it's it's shallow and there's no waves in it and it's like a pond right next to the ocean. Mm-hmm. So we're on the beach, but the kids are in the pond, and she's in the pond with Lola. Kai and Lola um, have waded out there, and it's super shallow, right? So we're watching them. Kelly and I are blah 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 blah, blah you know, <laughs> blabbering our brains out um, on the shore, and we're watching them walk out there, and, and we're you know we're watching them and we're talking. And Lo is about a, is a year older than Kai, and so all of a sudden, <clears throat> Kai is like splashing around in the water, and we're and we're walking and we're and we're watching her splash, and and Lola's standing right next to her, like just straight up standing. So she's not splashing; she's still just waist deep in the in the water, and so Kai is like starting to go under. We're watching her, and we're thinking. Well, she she can't be drowning. She's standing right next. I mean, she's right next to Lola and Lola is standing. So all of a sudden we see her go under and she doesn't come up for a second. I'm like, the? Kelly and I both at the same time, like sprint through the water, which of course is like running through molasses because we're not sure what is happening. But Lola's looking at us, shocked, not knowing what to do. Cause she's like, babe, she's only four. Okay. is three. Um, and there, and we get to Kaya, she had stepped off an underwater ledge. Oh my God. And even though Lola was standing there in shallow water, Kaya had stepped off into like two feet deeper water and went under. We just couldn't see it from where we were. And Lola wasn't sure what was happening either. So she was standing there staring at us like, oh my God, not realizing Kaya's, you know, drowning going under, but she didn't know. So we get the, Oh my God. So my kids sputter. So I had an audition that day. I was supposed to drive back into the city, um, to make it in time for not because this was in the morning. Um, I was supposed to ride back into the city that day for an audit for my audition for CSI Miami. And I've got this sputtering kid who's coughing up. And I was like, uh, so I immediately called my agent. and I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going in. I'm not gonna, I'll, like I'm not my gonna leave this her. child, yeah, I'm not gonna like suddenly you know rush her, and I don't even know what's happening, so um so i- bl- I blew off the audition, um, and then they and I was getting ready to move anyway, like my moving trucks were were coming in like two days, and there was just so much pressure and so much stress, I just thought, you know what, this job is probably just not mine anyway, and I just i I I think I remember them, look, they were looking for somebody else. They were looking for, they were looking for, I was going to be going in, but it was one of those things where I thought, I don't know if I actually fit the role. Um, so I'm not going to kill myself under all this pressure and stress. Mm -hmm. So I get a call two days later, they still haven't found anybody. Um, can you come in for an audition? And I was like, Oh my God, my, like my moving trucks are like, Yes, I can run into the city, because I lived in Jersey at that point. I can run in, put myself on tape, and then run back and make sure that all my stuff is getting, you know, packed up and loaded on these trucks to go to California. And so I go in. I have the worst audition of all time, because I haven't had time (laughs) to really actually memorize any of this stuff. It's like five pages of science BS, right? It's all this (laughs) protocol dialogue, all of this DNA, you know, crap that we talk about on the, on the, you know, on CSI Miami. And I, and I just could not get through, I had six takes. Thank God they erased each take and went back because I messed up each one so badly. Finally, on the sixth take, um, that they, you know, were filming me, they, I got it right. And I didn't bumble it and didn't mess it up completely. And that's the tape that they sent to, to the producers to, to watch. And they cast me off the tape. Wow. Yeah. I just thought in every, I left that audition saying th- this was the biggest waste of my time. <laughs> I should never have left my house today. And, um, so it's so funny when things are supposed to happen, they will just happen no matter what. And when they're not supposed to happen, there's just, you can't move heaven and earth to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So I, in my career, I've always, I've kind of adopted that, um, that theory that I'm, I'm just not going to stress over stuff because you just, if it's not yours, it's not, and if it is yours, it is. And there have been times when I knew the producers, I knew the director, I knew everybody. Everybody had guaranteed me that this was my job, and I didn't get it. And then vice versa, where the director's girlfriend came in to read for it. She was already a big star. I sat there thinking, no way am I going to get this role, and I got it. So you just never
1: know. Right. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, so – Nowadays, you are hosting Chicken Soup for the Souls, Animal Tales, and Stephanie and myself are both big into the animals. I know you are too. So tell us about that show. That has been the most fun. It's just, it's such
2: an inspiring um, educational show. Um, And it's just, it's, it's really beautiful. And the stories are really fantastic. And it's easy to watch with family. So if you have little kids, it's the perfect Saturday show that you can sit down and watch together and be equally entertained, not just I'm sitting here watching a show with my kids and I want to put a bullet in my head. This is, <laughs> these are actually really great. It's a really great show for adults, too. And the stories are really um, heartwarming. And So it's been fun to be a part of that. We just started our second season. We just shot six episodes last week. And the great thing about it is that I can shoot six episodes in one day.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> that is amazing.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. We can, uh, we can you know, pretty much um, cut out an entire season in a few days. Uh, we won't shoot again, though, and probably until September. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's been really great on the CW on Saturdays.
1: And tune in. Well, we can't let you go without asking about Kaya and how she's doing. So give us an update. So oh my God. She starts her senior year so from three years old
2: back when I was leaving all my children to 17 and a half and she's starting her senior year uh tomorrow wow I don't know why on Friday but (laughs) tomorrow it's really easing the in yeah it's really weird and um she is a she's a varsity cheerleader and co-captain on her team and she's a really great um she's a really great writer um she wrote this amazing article last year on child marriage in the United States. It was published by Teen Vogue. And, wow. um, yeah. And she's, um, she's like really active, like politically active so much more than, I don't even think I knew who the president was when I was 17 at that time. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I had yeah. no idea about politics at all, but there's so much more civil minded, which is, which is, is really cool. Um, I love that they're growing up in a different era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... They're, just, they're just more aware of the world and what's going on in it, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: So here we are. It's thirty-one years since you made your soap debut. Um, you know, what do you think when you look back at the journey you've taken since then?
2: Okay, that's crazy that you just named the amount of years. Like, first of all,
0: <laughs> that's
2: straight up nuts. Thirty-one years since since Santa Barbara. Is that yeah. What you
0: mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my god. Hold on, let me just take that in for a second. <laughs> Jeez, McGrees. That um, oh,
1: weird. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <A little laughs> well, wow. just when you sort okay. of look at that journey, you know, what do you think of, or what does it mean to you that you're still acting? Yeah. And- do you have that longevity and you were a fan and you've made
0: such an impact on the medium too? Yeah, I I feel
2: I feel really lucky. I mean, I know that sounds <clears throat> so simple, but um I I do. I feel really lucky to have had a chance to consistently work in this industry. Um and in all different aspects as a host, as an actress, um and and, and with the people that I've worked with and the people I've had a chance to um to experience their talent and, um, and because it's, it's such a dance, you know, every new actor that you work with is, is such a dance and it's exciting to, to figure out how they move and how they work. And, and, um, and there've been times on this road that I really lost my confidence and times that I really felt like I lost my mojo. And then times when, I um I had a chance to plug back into um to the energy of it. And I have to say, one of those times was being at Young and the Restless just recently, where I really felt like, oh, I needed to sink my teeth into this. Like I really needed to have this story arc. Because the the best thing about daytime versus um, um all the other mediums is that you have the the decadent opportunity to really squeeze out every piece of emotion in, in a story arc on a soap opera. Um, sometimes ad nauseum, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm done with this story. Like I was done with the storyline two months ago, but, um, (laughs) but when you're there getting to really like, you know, gnaw off a great piece, and of, of work and really chew on it. It's the actor's dream. And in nighttime TV, you don't, you get short, um, good scenes, which are exciting where you're like, Oh, this is a great scene. I'm super psyched, but they rarely revisit it. You know, like you get a great scene here and a great scene there. Um, and you don't get to always revisit the emotion of that, of, you know, play out all the pieces and all the facets of that, Particular storyline, you know, emotionally, but in daytime you do, and and that was really, really what I needed at the time. I mean, absolutely, that two months of being there is is I just needed to love it again. You know, I needed to really love what I do again, and and um, Young and the Restless gave me an opportunity to do that. I wasn't sure if I if I was loving it um, so much anymore.
0: That's really lovely. And I'm glad you had that experience.
2: Yeah, I am too. I really am. I'm really grateful for that experience.
1: Well, it was so much fun to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me. We look forward to collaborating with you on our book. <laughs>
1: yes, and our series. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Mara and I subsequent series. Because yeah. Mara and I joke, and we call it the book we'll never write. Right. Whenever we have of one course, of those kinds of Kelly stories, they do. Yeah. 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 The book that'll never get written. And yeah. you know what? Somebody else. I was talking to another
2: uh, soap writer who was telling me. He was saying he actually is writing a book, like he's writing a script or he's writing a book. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's going to be a race to see who. Gets <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all collab on it because yes, we all have agreed. information. Right. Yeah. Right. That's
1: so funny. <laughs> totally. Well, we hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. And thanks again. Okay. Have all a right. great weekend, you guys. You too. To, bye, Eva. too. Bye, Eva. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Eva LaRue for being our guest. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.